Hello, and after the international break, welcome back to another episode of All Villa No Filler. This week, it looked like we were heading for a demoralising result yet again, this time against Fulham, before some super subs inspired a superb comeback. More on that in a moment. We'll also continue our Perfect 10 feature. Today, it's time to rate Matty Cash's season out of 10. And we'll, of course, have the back-in-time quiz where the ultimate winner gets a free Nando's courtesy of the losers. But before we get into all that, let's check in with the other two lifelong villains who join me on the show. Firstly, Roshim Mendonca, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, George. How are you? Great stuff. Yeah, very well, thank you. And Frankie Maguire, how are things? I'm doing good, thanks, George. Very, very good. Right, okay. Um, so, uh, so Rashim, we've had the international break. How, how, have you been, how have you been keeping the past few days? You know what? What a lovely day yesterday. The sun was shining. I went for a lovely long walk across South Birmingham. Roast lamb, a whim for the villa, line of duty. I don't know what more you could want in life, really. I think I, think I have had the perfect day. I think I've peaked. You sound fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> I am, so, I am. And, and I won the quiz last week. I think this is it. I think it's all downhill from here. You just oh, you'll no. ascend into heaven next. You feel you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. How are you, boys? I, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, I had a good Easter. Uh, I bought myself a Bourneville Easter egg um, for two reasons: one, to show pride in my uh, Brummy heritage, uh, but also Rosie hates dark chocolate. So oh, I yeah, I was going to say you myself. do know that. Cadbury's do loads of Easter eggs that aren't made of horrible <laughs> dark chocolate, right? <laughs> I I've got really into dark chocolate in the last couple of years. I don't know why. My taste buds are uh, maturing. Oh, <laughs> more yeah. pretentious. Do you know, I went around the whole of Birmingham looking for Easter eggs and there were none left on Easter Saturday. I, I mean, I probably should have got them earlier. But there were about 7 million um, the week leading up to Easter. So I thought, fine, I'll leave it till Easter Saturday. When up, the only... The, I swear to you, the only Easter eggs in the whole of Birmingham were Bourneville. dark chocolate ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were. And then, but it's all right, because I bought them all up, so yeah. it's fine if you, uh, if you went later. Um, I also had a haircut uh, for the first time in weeks after restrictions were eased in Wales. I was looking a bit Brian Little circa 1975 <laughs> a couple of days ago. Now, now I'm more Gareth Barry 2006. Very, very conservative, no frills. <laughs> it, might, uh, it might be nice if uh, Frankie could describe his look to the listeners. Yeah, yeah um, good, Frankie. Well, what's sort of, going on there? Sort of like an, uh, it, it was sort of like in tribute to Jesus this Easter, really, that I've grown my beard fully out. My hair is super long. Sort of, um, on one hand, I look a bit James Blunt. Uh, at the front and then if you look at the back my hair's gone a little bit like dangerously close to an Australian cricketer who's about to sledge you sort of mulletish. Uh, <laughs> and then the beard is sort of a bit black beard you know the pirate um, just going to stop cars driving past and raid them um, just my piratical <laughs> deeds will be fulfilled but uh but yeah it's, it's, it's very it's very kind of game of thrones look i would say yeah it's, it's quite, game quite of long, thrones long, longish hair beard it grizzly. is indeed okay. sir, sir george of how Zelinsky. oh god we managed to go a while without an impression <laughs> yeah oh, i don't dear. know winter is coming it's snowing up north i can do all Maybe. of them i could do loads of them from game of thrones <laughs> he certainly can. He certainly can. But then, hey, listen, this isn't a Game of Thrones podcast. It's an Aston Villa podcast. Sure. So let's, 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 let's crack on. <laughs> it, finished, uh, it finished Villa 3, Fulham 1. And as I mentioned, it looked like yet another frustrating day out until the Egyptian king, the Akhenaten of Aston, that man Trezeguet, came to the rescue. <laughs> Ro- Roisin, what, what did you make of the game? Um, I've got three things to say about this game. Number one. 
Tyrone Mings never stops making mistakes that give away goals. Like big, blatant. It's like he plays in slow motion when he's playing it out or playing it back or whatever he's doing. But once he does that, he always makes up for it and does something to either, you know, does a backflip to keep the ball out of the net or (laughs) he wouldn't have got that assist if he hadn't have made that mistake. So I can't work out if it kind of like neutralizes it. I'm not sure, but he does always pull it back. I just wish he wouldn't do it for the the next game. (laughs) I wish he'd remember. Um, So that's my first thing. My second thing is I love Trezeguet. You boys, I know you're not the biggest fans and I want to know exactly why, because I love him. I feel like he works hard and he, he when there's pressure, he scores goals for us at important moments. Um, and a lot of it is due to his drive. And he is, he or he can be relatively clinical um, as a goal scorer, um, you know, when he's on it. And third, I think yesterday showed that, well, we were all right. <laughs> I know that, Frankie, you'd mentioned Wesley needing to be up there to support Ollie Watkins. Um, but what a difference it made for him as he was pulling defenders this way and that way. That actually there were people up there, strong players like Keenan Davis, lovely goal scorers like Trezeguet, um, who were up there to support him. And without Jack Grealish kind of being able to be creative just behind Ollie Watkins, well, he needed that support and it worked. Um, and I think I think we found something. We finally found something that meant that we could win a game. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. We have risen. Just like Jesus. <laughs> we have. Incredible. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is that enough? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, no, hey, listen, you made three very, very good points. I would, I would, uh, yeah, I'd agree with most of that. It was a funny game. I would say we were pretty rubbish again for about 80% of the match. And then when Smith made those substitutions, I just thought, oh, God, I mean, here we go again. It's the classic El Ghazi for Trezeguet swap. <laughs> on, on comes Davis again. And, and, and you know, in the, in the matches in the matches before, they have, we just haven't, they just haven't made any sort of, significant impact have they so I just assumed that yesterday would be um, would be the same again yeah I mean it was yeah as I said it was the same sort of uh, playbook yeah before before that it was a pedestrian sort of uh, performance again offering very little offensively and then once we went behind with that that kind of Ming's error I was co- I was convinced that was it I thought you know it was it was, was going to boil down to a mistake whoever was going to win the game and I thought that was going to be it for Fulham um, and then, yeah, as you say, Mings kind of he makes this error, and then he and then he atones for the mistake by getting the assist for Trez's equaliser. And then once we equalised, it was just it just completely changed the dynamic of the game. We obviously Trez got his second goal. Great work from Davis. I mean, that is what he's ex- you know very very good at. He's such a strong player, very physical, and he just he just wins the ball. Another mistake from a Fulham defender, and he and he sort of brushes past him. Get a brilliant cross as well uh, for a centre forward to find Trezeguet, who. Um, who knocks it in to make it two one, and then and then it's great to see Watkins get on the score sheet um, again after after scoring for England during the international break um, to score for us is 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 really good to see. But yeah, it was a. So what's your beef with Trezeguet? My my beef with Trezeguet and El Ghazi is that is that they're both so infuriatingly inconsistent. Is that yes, Trezeguet right. will come up and, and he'll score in big games. And that's great, but he doesn't have you the consistency to, to play at that kind of level week after week and neither does El Ghazi so we're getting this kind of you know El Ghazi will come in for a few weeks and then and he'll score a couple of goals and then and then be pretty anonymous for a few weeks Trezeguet will come in he'll score a couple of goals and we'll think here we go and then he'll go off the boil 
and then it's the whole cycle continues again it's that lack of consistency which i find frustrating is that uh, not I, what you need with squad players we, yes but we with squad players yeah i mean i'm, I'm happy for Trezeguet to be a to be a squad player but for someone to start and be consistently good in the starting 11 is what we lack. And I think in the summer, we'll hopefully address that and bring in a real quality winger. And, you know, Trezeguet and Algarzi can continue to do their work off the bench. Um, Frankie, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you feel about, about all this. Well, I felt Trezeguet of has <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm still in my Game of Thrones mode. Um, yeah, it looked like for the first kind of 75 minutes, it was just the same old song it's been since Grealish got injured really with um very pedestrian very predictable um just no real creativity going forward um Ollie Watkins looking isolated um and then changing up the formation um to me it looked like Fulham just couldn't deal with it Keenan Davis came on and bullied them held it up helped Ollie um and then Ollie lo and behold goes and gets a goal um you had uh uh, Jacob Ramsey, I thought, added some real bite. He added a uh, real energy um, and a, a bit of class on the ball as well. And then also the other sub, uh, Trezeguet, came on it. Yeah, he is inconsistent. Um, he's not. He's not always been brilliant this season. But he uh, came on and did what he looked like. Project restart. Trezeguet, two ex- excellent finishes. Um, both really good finishes, to be honest. And uh, he added an energy um, that we'd otherwise been lacking up to that point. So all three substitutes were brilliant. The formation change worked. And I think it might, might suggest that the 4 2 3 one we've been playing is built for Grealish and works mm-hmm. with Grealish's creativity there. But other teams now know exactly how we set up. And so teams have been able to prepare for us pretty well. Um, but when we surprise teams like we did against Leeds, for instance, when Marvellous Nakamba came in, or... Um, Yesterday, when our formation changed, the other opposition then didn't really look like they knew what to do. And going forward, we suddenly looked much more threatening. So this might suggest to us that the 4 2 3 one um, might have to change going forward if Grealish isn't available. And God only knows what's going to happen with Grealish. Um, with regards to Mings, I mean, it's... Yes, I mean, as we've said before, he, he, he does have a mistake in him every now and again. Um, but I still... I'm a big Mings defender. I think we are much better with him there. His leadership is what got us uh, or helped us get promoted, helped us stay up and um, has helped us improve this season to have one of the best defenses in the league. So I'm still a big defender of of uh, Ty uh, of House Mings. <laughs> going back to going back to, to Ramsey, you know, obviously Ramsey Ramsey came on, Barkley was left out. Where where does where does Ross Barkley now fit into this team? Oh, he's fitting nicely on that bench, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, a bit too nicely. It does look to me like um, it seems like Dean Smith almost has said to himself, we're not signing him, so what's the point of playing him now? Um, that's kind of how it looks at this very moment in time. And it might take an injury for him to get another chance. I mean, M- McGinn, after his two goals for Scotland, or was it two or three? But he, he looked, I thought he looked better forward yesterday added a certain energy which I liked and it was it was nice to see him a bit further forward um and Ramsey coming on I mean Ramsey's the future that's what we call him in it um and he needs game time and then Sanson as well he's a permanent signing who needs game time and actually I thought Sanson whilst it wasn't um an overwhelmingly great performance from Sanson I actually thought there were flashes from him where Mm. which He's shown before where I thought, okay, there's a player here, but he just needs time to bed in and to play. And for Barkley, you have to think, like, what do you guys think? Do you think 
that's it from now. Yeah, I, I, I think that could be it. I think Sanson coming in, um, as you say, permanent player. Like, why would you not play him? We, we paid 15 million to bring him in. And, and yeah, he did show some, some really decent um, moments, some really lovely passes. And the, the more game time he gets playing for us, the more he gets used to our system, the better he'll, he'll become. Uh, Ramsey, as you say, you want to you want to see youngsters who come through the academy get game time, and I, I think that's probably where Ramsey is at the moment. He'll be the sort of player that will come off the bench uh, and and bring that kind of youthful, you know, exuberance to the pitch after about seventy minutes when the other team starts to flag. So he he has a part to play. I mean Barkley, yeah, I mean you know he's 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 mid twenties. He's as you said on previous shows, he should be at a stage where he needs to be playing every single game. He needs to be kind of you know first name on the team sheet given you know, the, the, the promise that he's shown earlier in his career. And he's just, he just hasn't, hasn't delivered. So I, I, I can't, as you say, Frankie, you know, if, if you're Dean Smith, why would you play Barkley, a player that you don't own, a player that you probably might not want to keep beyond the end of the season? Uh, play him over the likes of players that you, you do currently own and players you want to see play and, and, and give opportunities to. doesn't make any sense. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. The perfect 10. It's the perfect 10, which I'm hosting this week. Now, this is a new feature where two of us review the performances of each key Villa player so far this season. And, crucially, give them a score out of 10. This week, Frankie and George are assessing Matty Cash. So, I'll start with Frankie. Frankie, what have you made of Cash this season? I love the man. Um, I think he has the look of a hero from, like, a fantasy tale. Um, so I sort <laughs> don't, of imagine... do the, don't do the impression again. Yeah. No more Game of Thrones, He's please. He's a bit like Matty of Alice Cash. <laughs> um, no, he uh, he just yeah, he looks like he's flown in from like Legend of Zelda or something, saving Hyrule, and now he's saving Villa. Um, he's uh, he, I think he's been a brilliant signing, and I think it's suggestive that Dean Smith has, or Sir Dean has a um, real um, eye for talent from lower divisions, like Ezri Concer coming in from Brentford, brilliant player. Um, and getting that new contract, of course, that's fantastic news. Um, and then Matty Cash coming up from Nottingham Forest. And I remember when we signed him, I, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about him. Um, but Forest fans that I knew were all unanimous in saying, you've got a serious player there. And uh, he defensively, I think, has been really solid. Only at the start of the season, I think there were two games where perhaps he struggled a bit against Southampton and Leeds, in which he looked a little overrun. But I think that was largely probably the lack of help he had from midfield. Um, but otherwise, I think he's been sensational. I think his his uh, slide tackling, in particular, is very good, very well timed. He has excellent cross of the ball, which to me, on t- at times, I've thought this season we perhaps could have toyed with playing Elmo at right back and Matty Cash a bit further forward because I think Cash has that in him. I think he, he originally was a midfielder, and he could play further forward as in future for Villa, um, a bit like Trent could for Liverpool. Um, so I think he's had two assists I think probably looking to next season what would he want to add maybe a goal or two um, and uh, a couple of more assists Um, but otherwise I think it's been a really excellent first season for him 
Um, he's a very solid fullback. Um, he looks very good going forward. His passing forward's very good, and he has a nice partnership with Bertrand Traore, I think. Um, so overall, out of 10 for Matty Cash, do you know what? I'm going to go, I think there's, there's still room for improvement, which he'll say. Um, so I'm going to give him an, an eight for this season so far. Eight out of ten, that's quite solid. Yeah, I that's, think that's really a good. pretty solid grade. Okay, so you did mention that there'd been the odd mistake, though, and that there has been the odd mistake that's led to a penalty. George, are you going that high? Well, with Cash, I mean, I, to, to be honest, at the start of the season when he came in, I was I was a bit surprised that we made a, a right back a, a focus in the summer. Um, you know, I I personally thought we'd, we'd stick with Gilbert. I thought after after the um, uh, the restart, Gilbert came in, put in, put in a great performance against Arsenal. I remember um, the game that you know we we, we won, which kept which helped keep us up. Uh, he did really well, so I, I just assumed Gilbert would be our starting right back, and Elmo would be um, would be the backup off the bench. But clearly, Smith just didn't like what he saw, uh, probably defensively from from Freddie. Uh, and you know, Smith knows best. Indeed, we trust. Uh, and, and and Cash has been part of this excellent um, back back four, back five, including Martinez. Uh, that we've had, which has you know kept a ridiculous amount of clean sheets and, and have been so solid defensively. And for someone, as Frankie said, to come out of the championship and, and perform as well as he has done in, the, in, in his first season in, in the top flight, I think he's done a I think he's done a, a, a brilliant job. Um, I would definitely agree that to add to his game, he probably needs to be a bit more or contribute a bit more to the kind of offensive uh, phase of play. So as you say, a few more. Um, assists, you know, maybe maybe if you can pitch in with a with a with a goal or two, because Target I think has done really well on the on the left side of the pitch in terms of providing a, a, assists. Um, so that would uh, that would be uh, that would be kind of an area he can he can improve on. Um, and I think you're right with with Smith. He has he does have an eye for bringing talent up through the through the leagues. You know, Brentford he brought in Rico Henry from Warsaw, who were obviously in League One or maybe League yeah League One then I think. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he, he knows how to bring players from lower leagues up and in, up into the uh, up into the you know higher divisions, and, and he has faith uh, in them. Um, he does, yeah, he has given away a couple of penalties. He's been unfortunate with a few of them. I think you know the Kane one was a bit you know no, was Kane never a bit a smart. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's uh, he could maybe I think gave another gave another penalty against was it Southampton and Man City? There's a handball the one that yeah. couldn't. Really help, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really so some of them, pens. I think I think these. Yeah, I think with the pens, if we're going to be critical, that I think they were unfortunate. So you know what? I think given all that, I'm actually going to agree with Frankie. I'm going to go eight out of ten for me. And yeah. eight as well. So we're only putting him half a point behind Emmy Martinez. Uh, we think he's that good. A controvert. I'd put Emmy at nine point five. Because we're making a we're making a lead table out of this, aren't we? So just half a point between Emmy Martinez and Matty Cash. Fine margins. Okay, okay, Matty Cash, what a flying, flying season he's had at Villa. It is an 8 out of 10. All right, back, Matty Cash. Well done. That was the perfect 10, and Matty Cash comes in with a solid 8. What a signing he's been for the Villa. We'd like to hear what you think of our players this season, so how would you rate them? You can email us at allvillanofilla at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram.
Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game now. It's Liverpool away next Saturday. They'll no doubt want revenge for the 7-2 spanking we <laughs> dished out on them earlier this season. Frankie, how do you think that one's going to go? Quite frankly, I want revenge for that 4-1 when they put all their first two players against our kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what we should do is we should put like pick Louis Barry, have him warming up to see the fear in the eyes, <laughs> the Liverpool defence. Um, it, well, it's interesting. I mean, Villa and Liverpool are probably two teams who needed that international break um, more than most other clubs. Um, they've lost a significant number of games at home recently, having gone, what, two or three years without losing a game at Anfield. Um, so uh, it, it's quite hard to call this one. Um, I mean, they just beat Arsenal 3-0, but that was a way. Um, they will be up for it against us. They'll definitely want revenge for that seven-two, and you know, it, it, I, I think what I would say is I hope we kind of change the formation up a little bit and give Keenan Davis a little ch- a chance to start, um, mm. give Ollie a bit of support up front. It might not work for us. It might backfire completely. In Liverpool, you know, walk over us, but whatever. You know, it's Liverpool. They are a they are a top class team, and again, a lot of it depends on how Grealish is. Um, God only knows what's going on with Grealish at the moment. Um, but this, I mean, this, how, how long has it been now? Seven weeks that he hasn't been available. Yeah, it's been, it's been around. He's been that. in training though, hasn't he? So he yeah. has. I mean, he, he needs he needs to wear bigger shin pads, surely now. <laughs> yeah, surely. Yeah. yeah, this is a, this is a warning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's not an injury I'm too um, sh- sure about shin splints, but I know my my friend who had it. He's had a dull pain with shin splints for years and years and years, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's something that's very easy to treat. So, um, yeah, it's it's quite worrying um, that yeah. he pulled up in training. And I think, like you say, actually, that I mean, I'm expecting an eight-two just to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think the way we achieve that eight-two does very much depend on whether he's back, doesn't it? Like you said, our formation—we now seem to have well for nine minutes. We seem to have found a way to play without Jack Grealish. Um, that's completely different to, to the formation that works with him. Um, so how we're going to get there? Um, it will very much depend on on his appearance or or otherwise in the team um but i think liverpool are there for the taking i mean they have been for some kind of other you know if i may say so rather rubbish clubs so why not us yeah well I they think- lost they lost one nil to fulham at home last time out so they they did i i think i think the fulham game does actually leave us with more questions and answers um given the way it kind of flipped on its head in the last sort of 10 10 15 minutes it's kind of you know will will Grealish finally be back um you know, does Davis deserve a start? Do we change the formation and include him with Watkins up front? What about Wesley? You know, I know Wesley had a had a game with a with a kind of second team midweek. You know, is is he anywhere close to fitness? Does, is, mm, is, does, will he get on the bench really. against Liverpool? Does Trezeguet start instead of El Ghazi next week? Um, yeah. Or or do we do we do we make sure that he has that kind of impact off the bench again? Like. I think I think next week's formation and lineup will be very interesting. I'm I'm kind of more intrigued about how we're going to line up next week than I than I have been about a lot of all formations because we've had such a steady kind of formation and, and lineup for so long. I think this is the first week where I'll be very intrigued to see what Smith decides to to do against Liverpool next week. It might be a game for marvellous if you think yeah. that's the Leeds game and he comes in as a bit of a destroyer in midfield. I, I think that might it might actually be a game for him. Yeah, I think I think that could that could be something and. 
you know, with with um, with Liverpool's defensive problems, you know, they've got they've got kind of a couple of young kids that are playing at the back. Is it Nat Phillips who's who's done well, I think, for Liverpool so yeah, far this season? Well. But he's he's, you know, he's obviously a bit of a rookie. So you know, do we do we try and bring Davis in to kind of disrupt that? Just disrupt him? You know, two up front. We'll give we'll give him and their defence more to think about. I don't know. It's it's um, yeah. I don't envy Smith for for his decision next week. Just you wait until you see like Dominic Reeve and lining up, starting like, <laughs> Louis Barry. They're all coming back. They want their yeah, revenge. They, they, they want revenge exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Back in Time quiz where I'll take a journey back in time to see how much these guys really know about the mighty Aston Villa. As ever, we're playing for the Townsend Trophy named after Aston Villa legend Andy Townsend. And whoever wins the quiz takes hold of the trophy and by the end of the season, whoever has the most title wins gets a free Nando's. The catch, of course, being that the losers have to buy it for them. Now, the last time you both played, I believe it was George who came away victorious. Um, so, Rasheen, you're out for revenge like the Villa youth against Liverpool. So, um, buzzer sounds. What are you going to go for, George? Oh, um, I'd like to vary it up. You've caught me on the hop there. I'll go Grayson. Grayson. Simon Grayson. Simon Grayson. Okay. And uh, Rasheen, what are you going to go for? Well, it's got to be Gabby. Gabby, mighty Gabby. Above. Just for a change. Yeah, yeah change it up. Our perfect 11 striker, which has been unanimously popular. On the- <laughs> <laughs> It's what the listeners would want. <laughs> just, 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 just to give that a bit, a bit of context. So this week we've been basically, we've chosen our perfect 11, uh, obviously, between the three of us. But then we've now done Twitter polls to say, you know, what what would, what would do you think? You know, the, the, the avid listeners, the supporters of our podcast, what do you think about our perfect <laughs> 11? Um, so, so, we've, so we've put that to Twitter. And uh, so far, I think we've done two. We've done, we've done, we've done, would you pick York or Gabby? Obviously, we went Gabby. The vast majority of Twitter have gone York. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we've done Larson Melberg. We picked Melberg. And we're talking from Larson. So um, clearly, our finger is well on the <laughs> We've done very well. Um, can't wait to see how we do for the rest of the poll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan Hutton's see how Alan Hutton win. does. <laughs> anyway, I'll move yeah. on to the first question. Um, right. We're in May 5th, 2001. Dream On by Depeche Mode was number one in the charts, a song I cannot remember at all. Um, and the <laughs> week before that, Straight Up No Bends by the Brian Harvey was number one. E17's Brian Harvey. Um, I'll do a podcast on him one day. It was also the week we relegated Coventry City with a famous comeback 3-2 win. Towards the end of the game, the Holton sang We'll Meet Again. But can you tell me who actually made that song? Grayson. Yes, sir, George. He made that song. Um, Vera, made Vera Lynn. Yes, George. Number ah! one. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, out of nowhere, I thought I'd uh, <laughs> hit you with that. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I think I think I wasn't expecting that then. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting to say like, oh, Bob oh, oh, and Row G sixty four. Yeah. Prepare <laughs> for. Uh, Prepare okay, for the unexpected right. in this quiz. Right. Um, yeah, okay. You put me on, on my toes now. I'm okay. going to properly listen to this now. 
George is taking an early lead. Uh, we go back to March 1946. The world is recovering from a, a major incident that happened from 1939 <laughs> to 1945. Vera Lynn's May again is number one in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been number one for six years straight. Um, it's also just four months away from the birth of President Donald Trump himself, folks. I tell you, he was born in that land, though, I tell you. So it's quite a time. It's also when Villa achieved its record attendance against Derby County. Which of you can get the closest to that attendance? Uh, George, can you tell me what your guess is? Oh, okay. For some reason, 86,000 was in my head. I don't I have absolutely no idea, but I'm going to stick with it because it was the first thought that entered it. So yeah, 86,000. Okay. And Roisin, what are you going for? Is this our record attendance full stop? Home ever? attendance, record home attendance, yeah. Record home attendance. 76,143. Right, well, I've got to say, Roisin, you are absurdly close to the correct answer. Oh my, what? It 6,142? Is, <laughs> it is 76,000. 588. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow! Roshin, that's a phenomenal that was, yes. Very impressive. And Frankie, of course, you were at that game, weren't you? So uh, I was, was, I was at that game. I'd returned from like? war. I was in my sweetheart. <laughs> oh, I was spending uh, his riches from his Vera Lynn composure. <laughs> I, was, I was singing the Vera Lynn song we'll meet again for the Derby <laughs> County fans. That was, a hot, that was a hot hit back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, loving life back then, but 1-1, Rashid, you pulled it back. Okay, now we're back to the Premier League era. Daly and Atkinson made 73 league appearances for Aston Villa, or Premier League appearances for Aston Villa. How many goals did he score in the Premier League? Uh, Roshin, I'll start with you this time. We both get a guess. Um, 76 appearances. 76 Premier League appearances, yeah. Oh, 73, mm. sorry, 73. 73, uh, 28. Okay, Roisin, you've gone 28. George, what have you gone for? I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say 32. Okay, well, on both occasions, George, you've been 10 over. You were 10,000 over. For the attendance and you're 10 over for the goals it's 22 so Roisin oh, yes! you've taken yes! the lead again my time is coming yes after last week 2-1 which... I can't believe this you this beat like me Trezeg last time this is like Trezeguet post restart it is <laughs> she found that she's found form right let's not speak too soon because I think this happened once before and then George just kind of swooped in and knocked me out of the park. <laughs> so, yeah, I shouldn't get too overexcited. Right, we're moving to the Martin O'Neill era. What was the highest points total we got under Martin O'Neill? George, it's your turn to start now. Oh, highest points total under O'Neill. Hmm. I reckon we got <coughs> 62. George has gone with 62. Two. Okay, and Roisin, what are you saying? I was going to go 58, so I'm going to stick with 58. My 10 over. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm afraid, Roisin, you've oh, let no. the ball slip there. Oh, no. George, you were two points away. It was 64. 64 oh. points? The 2009-2010 season. 
Weirdly, that season, Chelsea won the league by quite a big margin, but we only lost two more games than they did. We drew far too many games. And that's I remember that season, yeah. yeah we did. Cost us Champions League there, really, in Martin O'Neill's final season, I think. Yes, uh, <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, moving swiftly on. Uh, right, 2-2. Two, two. We're playing quite some death this here. Is now. Oh, it, this is where I ruin it. It has been 16 years since Birmingham City fluked a win over Aston Villa in a league match. Since then, can you tell me how many times we have beaten them in the league since? Roisin, you get to start. By, by the league, do you mean the uh, Premier league, league and Championship? Yes, yes. Every time. <laughs> is my answer. Is that a valid answer or do you want a... Not a valid answer. I need right. a number. I need um, a number. Um, um, eight. Okay, Roisin's gone with eight. George, what are you saying? 16 years is a long time. And we had, to be fair, there's been... But we've been in the Yeah, yeah. that's true. And then, but then, obviously, they were in the Premier League with us mm. for a little bit of time. 16 uh, years of hurt. 16 years of hurt. <laughs> oh. For them. Breaks, yeah. breaks your heart to hear it, doesn't it? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 10. George, George... George... I nearly said George Mendonca. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play your cards right? <laughs> yeah. George Jelinski. 10 is the exact... <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Roisin, I thought you'd, you'd the winning streak was going to George has uh, emulated Aston Villa with a comeback victory. Um, oh, well done, both of you. It was, it was very good. But yes, we have beaten them 10 times in the league. We also played them in the League Cup um, a couple of times. Um, they fluked a win over us one time and we um, battered them with a Rudy Gustav head of the next. So, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we've, yeah. Um, George, you are this week's winner. Can, can, can I get your reaction to your victory? Ah, uh, I'm I'm, de- I'm delighted. Well, as I said, Rasheen is Rasheen is a, is a is a she's a woman in form when it comes to this. You know, she won last week or last time we played. Not over. So I had to I had to I had to keep <laughs> I had to be focused. I had to be committed. I think I was both of those things. So I think um, you were a bit tricky, actually. You just went <laughs> one more season above me. <laughs> Ro- Rasheen, well, what's your what's your Oh, I'm devastated. Absolutely <laughs> devastated. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I was on the up here. I, oh, no. I, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Well, I do know where this is going straight to the cash point. 20 quid out. Get you two and your Nando's, isn't it? <laughs> I, was, I was saying. Oh, you, know what, you know what sauce Frankie likes, don't you? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's mentioned it, actually. Well, maybe he hasn't. Frankie, what sauce is like again? I love a wild herb sauce, I do. <laughs> God. <laughs> was Nando's around in uh, Game of Thrones? <laughs> It was. You get it up in uh, Winterfell. Spicy. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky. See you next week, Rasheen. Bye, George, up the villa. Up the villa. And cheery bye, Frankie. See you later. Cheery bye, George. Adios. And it's goodbye from me. We'll return next week to review the Liverpool game on Saturday. But until then, as ever, come on you villa boys from Aston.